Yeah. You guessed it. It's time once again for Sounds Like Radio. Hello, folks. I am your humble host here on Sounds Like Radio, right back where I belong. On Sounds Like Radio, playing our great music and the great Gildersleeve. Ooh, it's good to be back doing a normal show for a change instead of all them holiday shows, which we love to do, but... It's great to be back doing our normal music and guilty shows. Well, today we're going to pick up where we left off. Today this show is from uh, February 8th of 1950. As <laughs> oh, in this show, Marjorie and Bronco are having their troubles. They're having their very first quarrel. And, uh, well, we're going to see how things turn out. Can they handle a little quarrel amongst themselves or... Or is it all over? We'll find out in today's Gildersleeve show. But I have something I must clear up. Hey, let's see. It was episode 80 at the end of that program. I played your very beautiful Perry Como song called When You Come to the End of the Day. And uh, after the show was over, I got to thinking that that song sounded so much like the song Sterling Holloway sang in the movie Remember the Night. And I talked about how wonderful it was to hear Sterling Holloway sing that song in the movie. After the show was over, though, I got to thinking. I began having doubts. Was that the same song or wasn't it? I I think it was. Uh, So what I did, I went to the Christmas vaults. The video vaults where our Christmas section is. Pulled out the movie, Remember the Night. Played it. And, oh my, I made a little mistake. It was Sterling Holloway, that's for sure, in the movie Remember the Night. But he sang a song called A Perfect Day, which is almost the same song that Perry Como sang. It certainly was the exact same idea of the Perry Como song, but it was indeed a different song. So I thought, eh, we better clear up the, the decks here on, uh, on our latest episode that I get to correct the record. Here is... The soundtrack recording from the movie Remember the Night with Sterling Holloway himself to sing, well, let's let Sterling Holloway tell you. I can sing the end of a perfect day. Come on, Willie, sing. All right. When you come to the end of a Thank you. 
That was nice, wasn't it? Sterling Holloway, direct from the soundtrack of the movie Remember the Night. I went to our video vault and went to the Christmas section in the video vault and pulled out that movie Remember the Night and checked it for myself. And then I said, oh my, that wasn't the same song that Perry Como sang, but by golly, it sure had the same idea. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Sterling Holloway himself sing A Perfect Day. That was nice. Well, friends, in today's show, it ain't going to be too nice when Bronco and Marjorie start up their arguing. And when, you know, when you get two people arguing like that, you can get to thinking that you're living amongst the wildlife. Well, Bing Crosby knows a thing or two about that. Here he is. But so much for the pressing problems of wildlife. It is time now for a ballad about wildlife in the hill country. This tune was introduced last year in one of our taffy pulls by the very talented Dorothy Shea. Park Avenue Hillbilly. Its title, Feudin', Fightin', and a Fussin'. I shall be aided and abetted by the rhythm heirs. John Scott Trotter, he's not a hillbilly, but he's quite a hill. <laughs> oh, John. Let's hear that a little. It's the most tentative chord I've received on this show. Take off your boxing gloves and we'll continue. <laughs> Beyond the busy highway. Beyond the city strife. Your lady. Let Waring fool around with that a while. <laughs> we highly treasure and take great pleasure in our play way of love. Feudin' <laughs> a fussin' and a fightin'. Sometimes it gets downright exciting. Don't like them ornery neighbors down by the creek. We'll be plumb out of neighbors next week. Grandma, poor old grandma. Why'd they have to shoot poor grandma? She lies neath the clover. Seems they caught her bending over, her reaching for the money, feuding, a fussing, and a fighting. This is a wrong that needs a righting. Let's get that funeral service over, so then we'll go feuding and fighting again. Fighting and feuding and a fussing. We are such neighborly people, peaceful and sweet, all except when we happen to meet. Daughter, baby daughter, ties and all the neighbor's chickens. Daughter, shouldn't daughter. Least till she could run like the Dickens. They hit her with a dozer. Fighting and feuding and a fussing. Yes. No use of standing here a cussing. Let's give our daughter a pistol now that she's four and go feuding and fighting some more. Fighting and feuding and a fussing. We ain't a foolin'. What did that stranger want with us? We ain't done nothing. Ah, he was a revenue agent. Yep, he was until 
the boys had to hide him in the still. Liquor, mountain liquor. It's better now, it kicks you much quicker. Moonshine, Mount Moonshine Has a glow that gets you much sicker They serve it with a clothes brush and fighting, always fighting This ain't no corner you can brighten Load up my double barrel shotgun I'm getting the end to go feuding and a fussing A feuding and a fighting Oh, yeah. There you have it, friends. Bing Crosby, our house singer, singing feuding, fussing, and a fighting the Dorothy Shea song. I thought it went good for today's program, seeing as how Marjorie and Bronco will be having a bit of a disagreement like I'm having here with this microphone. You know what? These mic stands get in my way. I like to hold the mic better. Yeah. Ah, eh, Yeah. So, you know, when you're having an argument, the best thing to do to sort of realize you shouldn't be doing these things is to think of the other person. Think of me. And maybe you just won't be arguing so much. Like, oh, well, like Lola Albright from her album Lola Wants You. Lola Albright, the singer in the Peter Gunn show, she played the nightclub singer. She had an album called Lola Wants You, and oh my, she's something else. Here she is to sing Think of Me. When you think of kissing, think of me. Start thinking about the chance you're missing, missing all that kissing. Think of me. Start thinking of the kind of love that I'm gonna that you'll be thinking of as long as you live Start thinking about the thrill I'm saving it up until you think of me Saving it up until your heart 
Lola Albright and Think of Me. It don't take much to think of Lola Albright. She's just something else. If you can remember seeing her in the Peter Gunn show, well, I think you know what I was talking about. Well, speaking of thinking, you know, when you sometimes you take them arguments a little too far, and you know what happens? You ain't gonna be nobody's baby. Here's Dean Martin. Oh, this good song. People used to call me nobody's baby up until I met you. People used to call me nobody's baby. I was feeling so blue. When you came along, my life was a song. I thought that my lonely would end Then you went away and left me to stay And then nobody's baby again Nobody's baby again I could keep missing you more and more Nobody's baby again You're the one I've been saw me with you Walking in a daydream Hoping that maybe All my dreams would come true I planned every move And I tried hard to prove That even a loser can win If I don't have a knack My lonely is back And I'm nobody's baby again Nobody's baby again I keep missing you more and more Nobody's baby again You're the one I've been living for I plan every move and I try hard to prove That even a loser can win But I don't have a knack Oh, nobody's baby. Oh, my. Poor Dean. Ain't nobody's baby again. Oh, well, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. You have just one argument too many, and pretty soon it's all gone. Everybody calls it quits. They go about their own way. Yeah, that can happen, unfortunately. You know, in the old days, People didn't call it quits. I mean, unless it was really, really bad, you just never called it quits. You kept trying. And sometimes you just lived together, hating each other. <laughs> oh, oh, it's true, though. Oh, so I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell which is the better way to 
stay together through thick and thin, even if you don't like each other anymore, or to call it quits and enjoy your time on this earth. I think I like the second idea better. Well, anyway, it's someone that one is up for debate. We're going to have to figure it all out some other time because right now it's time to listen to the great Gildersleeve. This is from February 8th of 1950 as Marjorie and Bronco, they're, they're setting a bad example because they're going to have a quarrel and they just can't figure out how to settle it. Uh, well, maybe they will figure it out after all. It's one of them old-time quarrels. Does the man know more than the woman, or does the woman know more than the man, or who knows best? Does the man know best? At... Oh, my. Well, you're going to have to hear it for yourself. From February 8th, 1950, here is The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. There are many cheese foods on the market today, but only one Pabstet. The delicately different pasteurized processed cheese food with that real cheddar flavor. Try Pabstet, and your taste will tell you what we mean when we say it's deliciously different. For that rich, satisfying Pabstet flavor comes from aged cheddar cheese of real distinction. You can get Pabstet, Pimento, or Golden in the round handy size package. But chances are that once you've tried it, You'll want to save money by buying the economical two-pound loaf. Your dealer has both packages. Ask for Pab Step tomorrow. Well, it's the family's night out at the great Gildersleeve's house. His nephew, Leroy, took off for the library. His niece, Marjorie, just went out the door with her fiancé, Bronco Thompson. And now the great man himself takes his leave and heads down the front steps. Hmm. Night air smells good. Uh, hmm. Somebody's cooking sauerkraut. <laughs> uh, Bronco's car always exploding. I'll bet that boy doesn't use a starter on that car. He just lights a fuse. <laughs> Uh, yes, Marjorie. Uh, can we give you a ride, Mr. Gildersleeve? Ride? No, Bronco. I'm just going down to the bowling alley. Makes a person healthy to walk, you know. <laughs> Healthier than riding in that jalopy. <laughs> oh, come on, Unky. We're going to the movies. We can drop you off. No, I'll walk. Oh, why not, Mr. Gildersleeve? There's plenty of room. You haven't ridden in my car since I put the floorboards in it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Uncle, be sociable. Well, all right. The door is welded shut. You just step over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pretty tight squeeze getting under this top and over the door. Zeef. Should have left the floorboards out. It'd been easier to crawl in through the bottom. <laughs> all set, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, I'm in. Are you going bowling tonight, Uncle? 
Yeah, I'm going bowling if I ever get there. <laughs> I'm going to meet Judge Hooker, knock over a few pins. Marge and I are going to a movie. Well, good. Uh, I guess you children are pretty happy these days. I'll say we are. Aren't we, Marge? Oh, yes, it's wonderful. Yes. Well, I imagine after you're married, you'll be getting another car, eh, Bronco? Oh, no. We're going to keep this one until I can afford to buy a new one. We're not going to lose our heads, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> it won't take us long to save the money, though. I'm going to find a job. What did you say, Marjorie? I said I was going to get a job after we're married. Well, that's something you can talk about later. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't, Mr. Gildersleeve. This is something we have to talk about right now. This is important to our future. Yes, well... A girl can't work and be married at the same time. Why, Bronco Thompson... Why, that's the most idiotic, old-fashioned idea I've ever heard. Now we... A woman's place is in the home, isn't it, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well... Don't be so stuffy. Why, when people are first married, there's no reason why the wife shouldn't work, is there, Anki? Well... Well, what do you say, Mr. Gildersleeve? (laughs) Yes, tell him, Anki. Just a minute. Don't get me into this. Well, don't think I'm being stubborn. But after we're married, I'm going to put my foot down. Oh, is that so, Mr. Thompson? Well, I'm going to put my foot down. Well, if everybody's putting a foot down, somebody put one on the brake. We just passed the bowling alley. (laughs) (sighs) I'll get out here and walk back. Now, you children forget your little argument, huh? If they say it'll all come out in the wash. (laughs) Take me home, Mr. Thompson. (laughs) Looks like this one's stuck in the ringer. (laughs) Now, where's Judge Hooker? Well, there's the girls' team from the shirt factory. Cute uniforms. Well, hello, Gildy. Uh, oh, hello, Horace. I'm ready and waiting, old friend. I should warn you, Gildy, I'm going to be in rare form tonight. Yeah, all right, Judge. When I get hold of that ball, I'm going to make those pins fly like thistledown in the breeze. <laughs> thistledown, Judge, you'll be lucky if you can roll the ball to one end of the alley. Too bad we couldn't have a foursome. I thought perhaps Bronco and Marjorie might decide to join us this evening. No, Judge. Bronco and Marjorie are having a little spat. Oh, what a shame. A lover's quarrel. Yeah. But you know what they say, Gildy. A little quarrel, a little tear. That's the spice that seasons the pot. Yes. (laughs) What's quarrel about, Gildy? Well, Marjorie insists she's going to get a job after they're married, and Bronco says she isn't. Stubborn kids. Well, well. What's your opinion, Gildy? I'm staying out of it, Judge. They can figure it out for themselves. I don't know. These days, I feel it's quite practical for a young wife to pitch in and help out with the finances. Oh? A lot you know about it, Horace. A wife's place is in the home. How do you know? Never mind. (laughs) Bronco's right, though. A wife can't be running down to a job every morning and still make a home. I thought you weren't taking sides in this argument, Gildy. Well, by George, somebody's got to show a little sense... This thing could ruin their whole marriage. You're going to save it, I suppose. Well, I may have to. When two people are as stubborn as Bronco and Marjorie, they need a balance wheel. Somebody to straighten them out. Oh, yes, of course. Well, come on, balance wheel. Let's roll over to the alleys. (laughs) I don't know, Judge. The more I think about this, the more I'm convinced I should be at home with Bronco and Marjorie. But, Gilday... Don't you tempt me, Judge. This is their first quarrel. 
They need the sympathy and wisdom of an older person. But, Gildy, who am I going to bowl with? Well, you could go over and join the girls from the shirt factory, Judge. <laughs> they haven't got a mascot. Maybe they could use an old goat. <laughs> <laughs> Bronco and Marjorie in the parlor, sitting on opposite sides of the room. Gildersleeve, you got here just in time. Better not barge in the front door, though. I'll go around and duck in through the kitchen. Hello, Bertie. Oh, you home already, Mr. Gildersleeve? I thought you was down bowling with Judge Hooker. Well, I was, Bertie, but I felt that under the circumstances, I ought to be at home. How are things in the parlor, Bertie? I don't know. I turned the heat up, but it's still pretty chilly in there. <laughs> you back, Unc? What happened? Nothing, Leroy. I simply came home. There are times when the head of the household needs to be on hand, when the skipper has to stand at the helm. Holy smoke, what's going on around here? Bronco and Marge are sitting in there like a couple of mummies. They aren't even talking. You keep out of there, my boy. Aren't they speaking to each other at all, Bertie? No, sir. They come in and set. They've been sitting there ever since. <laughs> they got a mad on about something. Why don't they fight? Leroy? <laughs> this is serious, Bertie. This could break up everything. Nah, leave them alone, Mr. Gillsleeve. They'll be billing and cooing again before you know it. That's what you think, Bertie. You going in there, Mr. Gillsleeve? I most certainly am. A calm, cool head... A gentle, sympathetic, and understanding attitude is the only thing that can straighten this out. Okay. You want to take along something to thaw out the atmosphere? Hot chocolate? Uh, no, Bertie. I'll take some. Leroy? <laughs> you go down to the basement. No, for corn's sake. Bertie, what this needs is tact and mature judgment. Now, you watch. I'll have this thing smoothed over in five minutes. Yes. I'll break off a sprig of this pot of geranium to take in with me. What's that for, Miss Gilsey? It's an olive branch, Bertie. The symbol of peace. Kind of a cute idea. Yes, sir. Well, hello, children. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello, Uncle Mort. Look here, children. See what I'm carrying? Why the geranium? Well, it's really a geranium. It's an olive branch. <laughs> oh. Well, that fell flat. <laughs> Mind if I sit down? No. No? Uh, uh, pretty cold out. Nice in here, though. Hmm. How to begin? Maybe I'll just laugh it off, and they'll laugh, too. Sure. You know, that was a very funny argument you children got into. The wife working. I laughed so hard I had to come home. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't laugh. How's Judge Hooker? It, oh, he's fine. <laughs> Your mother and father well, Bronco? Yes, they're well. Good. About this little difference between you and Marjorie. What's little about it? <clears throat> well, we shouldn't let these things upset us too much. We have to give and take, you know. <laughs> I'm willing to give, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I'm not going to take money from my wife. If a man can't provide the necessities of the home, then he has no business getting married. 
There he goes again. Watch it, Marjorie. Why does a man have to think he's so high and mighty? Why does a girl have to stay home and wait for a husband to make the money? What am I going to be, a cook, a dishwasher, a carpet sweeper? I didn't say anything about you being a cook and a carpet sweeper. Now, wait. Take it easy. <laughs> What's a girl supposed to do? Sit at home like a bump on a log? Oh, for... What do other women do all day? They have jobs. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> oh, we're right back where they started. <laughs> now, look, children, let's be reasonable. Well, I'm being reasonable. There's a way to work this thing out. Find a middle road, a compromise. Well, I want to do the right thing, Mr. Gildersleeve. I know you do, Bronco. Well, so do I, Uncle. Sure you do. I've got him. Gildersleeve, you're a born diplomat. <laughs> There's a way to figure this out, and I'll cooperate. Sure. Well, I'm not going to be stubborn, Bronco. <sighs> she called him Bronco. It's going great. <laughs> I'd do anything for you, Marge. You know that. I did it. They're lovebirds again. Well, I wouldn't do anything you didn't want me to do, Bronco. Isn't that sweet? Do you think a wife should work, Unky? No. Why not? Uh, well, my dear, it's the woman's place to make the home. Have dinner ready when her husband comes home from work. Oh, wife is just a cook, is that it? I didn't say that. But that's what you meant. No, I didn't. What's wrong with cooking? Yes. I mean, no. <laughs> But Marjorie... Go ahead, take Bronco's side, stick together. I'm through with men, I'm through with you, Bronco. Now, wait a minute. And you too, Uncle. Oh. Good night, both of you. I guess I'll be going. Good night, Mr. Gildersleeve. Marjorie... Bronco... Now I have done it. Gildersleeve, a fine peacemaker you turned out to be. Olive Branch. Poison Ivy. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve will return to his problems in just a minute. Do you like hot sandwiches that are a whole meal in themselves? Then here's a suggestion you'll really go for. Grilled Sandwiches Pabstet. Wait till you try one. Just spread slices of bread with rich, smooth-spreading Pabstet cheese food. Cover with another slice of bread sandwich fashion. Fry in butter or margarine on both sides. Serve golden brown and piping hot with marmalade, jam, or honey. Mmm, mmm, is it delicious. For Pabstet is the pasteurized processed cheese food whose rich, satisfying flavor comes from genuine aged cheddar cheese of real distinction. You'll love Pabstet for every use. It's mild, spreads readily at room temperatures, melts smoothly into sauces, cuts into firm wedges when chilled, and it adds distinctive cheddar flavor to every sandwich, salad, omelet, or casserole dish you make with cheese. Get Pabstet tomorrow from your grocer in the handy-sized round packages or the economical two-pound loaf. Well, the great Gildersleeve's noble effort to patch up the quarrel between Bronco and Marjorie didn't work out too well. In fact, the great man is worse off than he was before. Now he has Marjorie mad at him, too. Never again. They can fight till the cows come home. I'll never open my big mouth. Breakfast! <laughs> Breakfast! 
Are you coming, Miss Gillsleeve? How come you didn't answer? I'm not taking any chances, Bertie. From now on, I'm saying nothing around here. And I think that's good advice for everybody. Yes, sir. <laughs> good morning, Marjorie. Good morning. Uh, uh, uh. What a family. <laughs> Nobody says anything. I'll have to talk to myself. That's a good way to stay out of trouble. You and Bronco are still battling, Marge? I prefer not to discuss it, if you don't mind. Stick to your rhubarb, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> so quiet, it gives me the creeps. Hey, is it okay if I scrape my toast? In the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Mr. Gillsleeve. Huh? What is this? A note? Who's it from? Me. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Dear Mr. Gillsleeve, would you like some hot coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bertie. Yes. Uh, fine breakfast. Marjorie, this is ridiculous. When is Bronco coming over again? Tonight, he says. Well, for heaven's sake, stop this silly quarrel. You're acting like infants. Are we? Oh. He's going to keep his mouth shut, but he doesn't do it. Leroy. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm going downtown. I'll see you children later. Goodbye, Marjorie. Marjorie, I said goodbye. <laughs> An outcast from my own family. Guess I'll go down to Peavy's and get a strong cigar and smoke it at both ends. <laughs> hello, Peavy. Yeah, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> What can I do for you this morning? Give me a couple of cigars, Peavy. The long ones. Very well. <laughs> celebrating today, are you, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, Peavy. Now that you mention it, maybe I should celebrate. I've learned a valuable lesson. Oh? You bet. I've learned to never take sides in an argument. My, my. It's a fact, Peavy. No matter what the situation is, a man should keep his opinions to himself. Yes, I know. I learned that from Mrs. Peavy. Uh. <laughs> Marjorie and Bronco are having a big quarrel. She wants to get a job after they're married, but I've washed my hands of the whole thing. I'm out of it. Don't you? Yes, indeed. Marjorie thinks more of getting a job than she does of her marriage. It's all right with me. How do you feel about it, Peavy? Oh, it's all right with me, too. <laughs> the trouble with you, Peavy, is you've never had a daughter. Believe me, if you had, you'd sing a different tune. How, oh, Dad? Well, if you had a niece like Marjorie, who was the same as a daughter to you, suppose she wanted to work after she was married instead of settling down and making a home. How would you feel? Well, I'd say that it would all depend. Wouldn't you try to put a little sense into her head? Well, maybe I would, and maybe I wouldn't. You mean you'd stand by and let her ruin her marriage? Well, it all depends. Oh. <laughs> Get off the fence, Peavy. Take one side or the other. Is that what you did? You bet it is. I'll stay on the fence. <laughs> Give me my cigars, Peavy. There you are. And come in again, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, maybe I will and maybe I won't. <laughs> I knew I'd think of a clever answer. 
wish I could get my mind on going to the water department. Why does Marjorie have to be so stubborn? Uh, women are a problem. Wonder if Katie's home. Won't do any harm to drive by there and see. Yep, that's her car in front of her house. Katie's little convertible. won't mind if I stop in for a minute. At a time like this, a man should talk to a nurse. It's the next best thing to a doctor. <laughs> Better in a lot of ways. <laughs> Wonder if Katie's up yet. Sure, she's an early bird. Little Catherine. Sympathetic, understanding. Never seen her early in the morning. Bet she's pretty. Bright-eyed, sparkling like a rose in the morning dew. Yes? Is Catherine here? Oop, it is Catherine. <laughs> Who is it? Hasn't got her eyes open yet. It's me, Catherine, Throckmorton. Throckmorton? Oh, Throckmorton. Yeah. <laughs> Just driving by, I thought I'd stop in and say hello. Could you come back in about an hour? Well, I'd like to talk to you now, uh, Catherine. It's very important. All right, come on in. Thank you. Hey, wait a minute. I'm outside. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Come on in. Uh, thank you. <sighs> what is it? What happened? Well, I need somebody to talk to, Catherine. I'm a lost sheep. Who is? Me. Oh. Everybody's against me, Catherine. Marjorie and Bronco are having their first quarrel, and I'm right in the middle. Oh, what's it about? Well, Marjorie insists she's going to work after they're married, Catherine. Libel upset everything. I knew you'd understand, Catherine. Oh, yes, I understand. Uh, I knew you would. I think Marjorie's right. What? Why shouldn't she work if she wants to? But... It'll give her confidence. Let her feel she's helping. After all, marriage is a sharing of responsibility. Two people should cooperate and build together. You're intelligent enough to know that? Sure, that's exactly the way I feel about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad... The average man is just the opposite. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just not an average man. <laughs> oh, Marjorie's very lucky to have you for an uncle. Mm, I'm certainly glad I came over here. Is that you, Mr. Gillsleeve? Yeah. Uh, how is everything, Bertie? Well, Mr. Bronco's in the parlor, and Mr. Marjorie's in there, too. Ain't nobody walked out yet. Good. <laughs> I thought it'd be better if I ate dinner downtown tonight, Bertie. Give Marjorie a chance to cool off a little. <laughs> I don't see how she can get much cooler than she is. She didn't eat no dinner, Mr. Gillsleeve. Well, let's not worry about it, Bertie. I ain't worried. You worried, Mr. Gillsleeve? No. Shh. Listen, are they talking in the parlor? Nope, that's Leroy and Piggy down in the basement. Uh -huh. Have they been talking? No, sir. When Mr. Bronco came, he said hello, and Miss Marjorie said good evening. And they ain't said nothing since. <laughs> Mr. Bronco's leaning on the mantel, and Miss Marjorie's sitting on a piano stool. It's a deadlock. <laughs> that Bronco, why does that boy have to be so stubborn? Come again. Well, I've been thinking about this, Bertie. Marjorie's right. There's no reason why a girl shouldn't work after she's married if she wants to. 
Yes. Girl ought to feel she's helping. Marriage is a sharing of responsibility. Two people should cooperate and build together. Yes. Besides, I have to be loyal to Marjorie. I don't blame her for getting upset with me. The least a girl can expect is the backing of her own family. You going in there again, Mr. Gilsley? <laughs> well, it looks like I'll have to, Bertie. I took the wrong approach before. Bronco will see it my way. You want another hunk of geranium? <laughs> no, Bertie, I'm going in there this time as Marjorie's uncle, a friendly counselor. At least I'll win Marjorie back. I don't have to live with that Bronco. No, sir. Maybe I should have something to carry, though. Give me a reason for going in. You could take this box of chocolates. Mr. Bronco brought them last night. Hey, that's an idea. Mm, milk chocolate. Blums. Open the door, Bertie. Yes, yeah, sir. Good luck. <laughs> well, hello, children. Hello, Uncle Mort. Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> Found some candy in the kitchen. Some of yours, Bronco. Have some, Marjorie? Sweets to the sweet. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm. Bronco? No, thank you. Oh, well, I guess I'll have one myself. Mm. Peanut clusters. <laughs> Very good, Bronco. Thank you. <laughs> have you children made up after your silly spat? And that was a stupid question. <laughs> Let's see now, whose side am I on? Oh, yeah. Marjorie, I've been doing quite a bit of thinking. Really? Yep. That's nice. It's entirely possible that you're right. It might be a very good thing for you to work a while after you're married. Well, thank you, Anki. I'm glad somebody's showing a little sense. Did you hear what Uncle Mort said, Bronco? Yes, I heard it, Marge. <laughs> now, Bronco, let's try to have an open mind. You'll have to admit, my boy, you've been a little selfish about this thing. What? Well, maybe I have. What did you say, Uncle Mort? Huh? Uh, I simply said, my dear, that Bronco had the wrong attitude. Uncle Mort, I resent that. What? Bronco was only standing up for what he thought was right. Yes, but... And how do you know? Maybe he is right. But Marjorie... Everybody picks on poor Bronco. No, wait a minute. Don't cry, Marge, honey. Look, I was only trying... It's all right, Marge. Children. Well, excuse you, Uncle Marge. Excuse... Oh, for good... Come on, Marge. Let's go to the movie. My car's out in front. All right, honey. Uh, can we give you a ride, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, thanks. I've just had one. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. When you do your shopping tomorrow, remember to add a treat for the whole family to your shopping list. Get Pabstet, the pasteurized processed cheese food with the real cheddar flavor. You can get golden or pimento Pabstet in a round, handy-sized package. But once you've seen how much your family likes this delicious cheese food and how many delicious ways there are to use it in your cooking, you'll want to save money next time by getting the economical two-pound loaf. In either package you get that superb Pabstet flavor that comes from genuine AIDS cheddar cheese of real distinction. Ask your grocer for Pabstet tomorrow. Leroy! 
And where is down here? In the basement. Oh? What are you doing? I'm making a tent. A tent? <clears throat> Better have a look at that. It's a keen one, Uncle. Look here, it's going to have a flap in the front and a flap in the back. Well, that's nice. Lots of flaps. <laughs> Our Boy Scout troop is having a big show this week. We're all making stuff. Well, good. This week is the 40th anniversary of the Boy Scouts, Unc. Huh? 40 years. That means they had Boy Scouts before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost. <laughs> what a likable little fellow. <laughs> you know something, Unc? There's more than 2,300,000 kids and grown-ups in the Boy Scout organization. Really? You bet. It's a keen thing for kids. You're right, my boy. The Scouts are doing a fine job all over the world, teaching boys to think straight and be straight. They deserve all the help we can give them, folks. Let's wish them well on their 40th anniversary and do all we can to assure them many successful years to come. Good night. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. Incidentally, Mr. Perry will be heard next Saturday over NBC in a program honoring the Boy Scouts of America. This show was written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White with music by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Kathy Lewis, Dick Crenna, Earl Ross, and Dick LeGrand. This is Jay Stewart saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Good night. Want to put magic in leftover meals? Then have plenty of Kraft prepared mustard on hand. Mustard makes hidden flavors pop right out of leftover meats, adds new life to salad or egg dishes. You can get two kinds of Kraft prepared mustard, you know. Salad mustard, mild, delicately spiced, or craft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand, for when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Get craft prepared mustard. You're waking up, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. There you have the great Gildersleeve from February 8th of 1950. And uh, that music sounded to me like what happens when you first wake up. You get that sort of odd feeling. And that's the way that music, the way this song here began, it sounded like that to me. Well, you know, me and my imagination. With Anyway, that was from uh, February 8th, 1950. And the great Gildersleeve, Marjorie and Bronco, well, they're figuring it all out. And you know what? I think they could have done really well if Dinah Washington had showed up at their door. Yeah, Dinah Washington. Imagine if she knocked at the Gildersleeve door and said, Bronco and Marjorie, both of you get in here. I got some advice. You know, a man only does what a woman makes him do. <laughs> Here's Dinah Washington. Treat him gentle and he'll be gentle too be sentimental he'll be the same with you 
from Dinah Washington. A man only does what a woman doesn't let him do. And, uh, well, treat him kind and be good. You ain't going to have no problems. That's what Dinah Washington says, and that's the part of the advice that I like. Yeah. Dinah Washington, you know, she ought to know. <laughs> I understand she had a boyfriend or two in her time, too. <laughs> you know, if you do treat him good, and uh, if you, the guy, treat her good, well, you're going to be friends. First of all, you're going to be friends for life. Second of all, you're going to fall in love. And that's always nice when that happens. But what happens if you are a fair weather friend? You know, you're a friend of somebody. You're a good time, Charlie, when everything is going right. And that's when you're his friend. But when things go wrong and you desert the scene, well, that's what you call a fair weather friend. Don Williams, well, he knows about fair-weather friends, and I don't think he likes them. Here is the great Don Williams, fair-weather friends. Tell him about it, Don. Fair-weather friends, fair-weather sailors, they'll leave you stranded on my shore. One good friend. Truly loves you is worth the pain your heart endures. We never know which way the wind will blow, nor when or where the next turmoil will be. But he's a solid rock when troubles flow, and he's whole. Out saving and for me, fair weather friends, fair weather saving. 
I thought I'd do a little humming in the style <laughs> in the style of Don Williams. Wouldn't that nice Don Williams had such a nice voice? Fair weather friends, I tell you, ain't nothing like them. They'll leave you every time, leave you in the lurch when you're down and out, and you turn for a helping hand, eh? And you discover <laughs> the only hand there is your own. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Well, hopefully, if you're best friend is not a fair weather friend. Hopefully that best friend will be the woman you love. When you extend a hand for just a little bit of help, well, she'll be there to help you. When a woman loves a man, ain't nothing better. Here is Bonnie Lou Williams. Yeah. And the wonderful piano stylings of the one and only Gordon Jenkins. When a woman loves a man, Listen to this, it's nice. The piano and Bonnie Lou. Here they are.
nobody can But what does she care When a woman loves a man She'll just string along All through thick and thin Till his ship comes in It's always that way When a woman loves a man She'll be the first one to praise him When he's going strong The last one to blame him When everything's wrong such a one-sided game that they play But women are funny that way Tell her she's a fool She'll say, yes, I know But I love him so And that's how it goes When a woman loves a man Oh yeah mm. Bonnie Lou Williams She knows She knows what happens when a woman loves a man Isn't that great? The Gordon Jenkins piano sound You know I first became aware of Gordon Jenkins, I think probably from a Frank Sinatra albums, and then I heard him playing in the background on a great Jimmy Durante album, and then I really became a fan of Gordon Jenkins. And I, I seeked out, I, well, I suck out some Gordon Jenkins music, and I found that great song. And But I'd like to play you just a tiny bit of Jimmy Durante and Gordon Jenkins singing A Way of Life. Jimmy Durante sings it, but listen to Gordon Jenkins' fantastic arrangement. of autumn the virtue of spring is a way of life it's a way of life the sound of a Sunday When mission bells ring Is a song the world can sing So very seldom does a trumpet sound Announcing happiness Pleasure can be peacefully explored just to burn a rainbow out for someone else to see Can be its own reward A home and a 
family A husband A wife And to like Each day is a way of life They have the Gordon Jenkins touch on that piano. A home and a family, a husband, a wife, and to like each day. Is a way of life. Oh, yeah. Wow. There. That was a treat, wasn't it? You know, I wasn't planning on playing that song for you, but when I got to talking about Gordon Jenkins, it reminded me of the great Jimmy Durante album. The album, by the way, that you just heard is the uh, album called A Way of Life, and that was the title track. And I was just going to play a a tiny little bit to give you a sample of Gordon Jenkins' marvelous work, but uh, that song was so fantastic, I just just couldn't stop it. I had to let you hear the whole thing. Isn't that uh, just the perfect piano touches Gordon Jenkins adds to music? Just the light little touch here and there. It's all you need. Uh, especially when you're Gordon Jenkins. Really fine stuff there. Well, friends, speaking of fine stuff, we hope you enjoyed the February, uh, what was it, 15th? No, February 8th. We hope you enjoyed the February 8th, 1950 episode of The Great Gildersleeve. And if you did, you got to join us next time. Well, tune in again next time because we've got fantastic music for you and another great episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Until then, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Thanks for listening, everybody. 